You pressed play on this podcast with the click of curiosity. It is another dimension, a dimension of mind, a dimension where nothing is sacred and everything is explainable. You're streaming into a land of both inside and outside of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the midside. Welcome to the midside where like farce, we always come back. I'm your host, Justin M. Lesneski, the hopeful bromantic, and I retroactively and proactively denounce anything anyone has ever said and ever will say on this show. I want to thank you all for sticking with us. Last episode, last week, I should say, mm-hmm. last week is the first week in season that we did not record slash release a new episode in, I think, a decade. In a decade, I had a lot going on. I had a lot going on, uh, wrestling, as always, wrestling, as always. And then my parents were visiting as well. So it was just really hard to find time to record. So I had to make a difficult call and decide, you know, not to uh, not to release an episode, not to record an episode. But don't worry, the universe punished me. I'm currently dealing with back pain. Uh, tried to do some deadlifting on you know, my first rep. Uh, I, I heard a, uh, felt a, uh, and, uh, my lower back is hurting right now. It's getting a little bit better each day. Uh, you know, I can still run, I can still do other sorts of upper body motions. Uh, but the hardest thing, hardest thing, believe it or not, is getting in and out of the car. Sitting compresses my lower back. And then when I have to get out, you ever notice, I never noticed this before that when you get out of a car, you have to pull yourself out of the car. It's not just stepping out, right? Like you can step out of any seat and it's fine. But with a car, you have to pull yourself out of the seat. You just need one of those big big pickup trucks, right? That way you're always stepping down. Always stepping down, yeah. So the solution, if you uh, deadlift a lot and potentially hit your back, is to pay lots of money for a pickup truck, which will also cost you lots of money at the pump, especially nowadays. I mean... I I could ride like I rode the new Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster since hurting my back. No problem. Uh, I rode lots of rides. No problem. Getting in and out of uh, my car. That hurts. And you actually want to know what hurt the most? Getting out of the it's a small world ride <laughs> because the seat is from like, uh, you know, the, the 70s. And again, you have to pull yourself out of it. So uh, it's a small world. It's also a small back when your back is hurt and compressed. So. As you've already heard, joining me this trip from Dale's Lawn, identifying as a woman to forgo his white male gay privilege, William Green. Hello, hello. Yeah, another beautiful day here in uh, sunny California, monkeypox free out here. I don't know uh, how it is out there in Florida. Lies. Um, <laughs> uh, we, also, uh, that is oppressive. Yeah, I'm sorry to oppress you. Well, you know, I had a good time last night. I know I sent uh, a bunch of pictures and videos to the threads. Uh, I was at the Corolla family barbecue. Um, got uh, was standing right in front of uh, Mike Dawson for the uh, Lit uh, portion of the concert. Lit was playing, and it was pretty cool, he man. He's the band Lit for for you kids. Out it was there. Lit too, band. but like, yeah, and the band <laughs> Lit was there too. Yeah, so it was it was a lot of fun, man. Like, uh, uh, got to meet a lot of. Uh, other uh corolla fans and just like make some friends and we stuck around just kind of hovered around and at uh once the crowd kind of died down 
they, they let us into the uh, into the inner sanctum. We got to see some of the cars and hang out in the uh, in the area where they where you've probably heard where they watch football and stuff. And it was pretty cool to see all the cars and uh, yeah, got to touch some uh, Paul Newman race cars. It was pretty cool. That's pretty epic. That's pretty epic, especially if you're a fan or you've ever listened to any of Adam Crowell's podcasts. That's 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 right up there with I don't know. Uh, what would you say that's right up there with if you did it for the midside? Oh man! <laughs> uh, joining us in the uh, the uh, often uh, cited but never repeated Ocon uh, meetup. Uh, there was some. Oh yeah, it would be that. like if you were yeah. at that meetup. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking, William. After you were sending all those pictures and everything and videos, we should do a midside meetup in Orlando once a year. What do you think? Oh, I'd be all for that. Definitely. Any excuse to be right, out so, to Florida. Yeah, so that's something we're gonna have to think about over the over the coming year or not but but before we do i have to ask you if you're allowed to come because uh, a a uh, <laughs> a tweet you shared with us is that uh andrew sullivan was saying white gays you're next in the oppressor class i i know i don't know I, this is why i identify as a woman i i don't want to oppress anyone so i have to keep changing my identity um to uh to suit um whatever's the the you know i i gotta stay a couple rungs below oppressor right so I don't know, man. I, I, it's it's funny. Like we predicted this a long time ago, and it it's uh you know it's constantly evolving and changing. But here we are, you know, in the mainstream, people talking about how white gays are the new oppressors. Well, and it comes down to, and you know, this is something that's related to the stories we're going to talk about. But it comes down to something Dr. Brad Thompson talked about in his recent essays he wrote about all the school shootings and everything it's it's moral relativism and it's social constructing constructivism the idea that everything's changing in the moment everything's mm -hmm. changing in the moment and nothing stays the same that's why fluid such a key word and like you said always changing so let's take a look at that let's talk about over this past couple of weeks all the different ways in which the farce has morphed and changed in life on the midside as always if you'd like to support the show you can do so through patreon or locals and i should say and or you can support us through both if you want you can always give us more money i'm not gonna not going to argue with that. Uh, Patreon is per episode. Locals is per month. That's the midside.com slash Patreon or the midside.com slash locals. We accept any and all support, including or perhaps especially affirmations. So the first little bit of sort of relativism or social constructionism, William, that I saw, and I, I see this because being down the street from Disney, uh, a lot of stuff is pinged across my phone now. And also, you know, my wife follows all these different Disney news accounts now on Instagram and TikTok mm -hmm. or whatever she's on. I don't know what they are on. But this story is about TikTok. And I thought this was really, really absurd. And maybe, I, maybe I'm just old. Okay, William? Maybe I'm old now. Maybe I'm old and I see this story and I just think, man, this is what's wrong with the world. And this is what's wrong with TikTok is the rampant narcissism here. And I think it's funny now we dismiss people as having certain perspectives as being old and they just don't get it. And maybe that's just the way we don't respect old people anymore. And maybe that's a sign of 
why we're so farcical and irrational. But this story I saw is that a guy is trying to appeal a ban, a lifetime ban that Disney World put on him. This TikToker is. He made a TikTok video, and this was reported by Insider.com, and he's trying to appeal the ban. Now, the ban, which I, I think it's interesting, first of all, that the article describes it as he claimed to receive it, but the ban is for two reasons. One, uh, he went into a pavilion he's not allowed to go in. So it says he, on a video on March 13th, he could be seen entering Disney's wedding pavilion at the Gland for Grand, the Gland. We don't want to go to that one. That's a different one than the Grand Floridian. The Grand Floridian Resort and Spa without employee assistance. So he went somewhere he wasn't supposed to on video. And that's partially why he was banned. And another was a video from March 15th of that year. I I guess it's 2021. Uh, He was drinking out of fountains at Disney Springs five different ones and spitting it out saying it tasted bad because when I see a drinking, uh, when I see a fountain, sorry, when I see a decorative fountain, my first thought is it's going to taste good. <laughs> it must like be. That water a, is, yeah. It's spring water, right? Like it must be. Oh, it is Disney Springs. So I guess it must be spring yeah. water. Yeah. So that's the thing, William here that, that blows my mind about this. Right. And I mean, maybe I'm just buying into it, playing into it because maybe they're all I, trolls now. Maybe, but But, hey, Justin, the thing that blew my mind is that he put the stamp on the wrong side of the envelope. Talk about being an old man. I was like, what? I saw that too, and that plays into all of it. Is he legit? This is the question, William. Is he legitimately this disconnected from reality? Or is this all an act? Can it be both? Why not both? Explain. It is all an act. And he's just disconnected from reality. He's he's he, the only thing he cares about is the TikTok views, right? So yeah, he's disconnected from reality. And this is an act, as in like he has to be a certain way in order to get these views, regardless of how he actually is. So I mean, this is just attention. It, it's just like you said, it's just narcissism, right? Right. So him being that way leads to him being disconnected from reality. We could say, or maybe it's a. It's a vicious circle where he yeah, started out and then this reinforces it, right? Yeah, I think uh, TikTok definitely reinforces uh, cluster B personality, narcissism in particular. Yeah, and it's this influencer culture. I mean, let's assume he actually was banned from Disney World. Wouldn't he have deserved the ban? I mean, you know, how dare he uh, steal water? Isn't it like nine bucks for a bottle of water at Disney? So, I mean, that's like theft, right? Do you think that's why the ban was? <laughs> it's not because it's, isn't it because they want to make sure there's order in the parks? Yeah. And make yeah. sure we can't just have everyone going wherever they want. He yeah. He can't go in there. And it's partly to set an example too. You can't go in there and do TikTok videos, you know, pushing boundaries in this way, causing, you know, this can only lead to bad things, right? Uh, it's one person drinking out of the fountain. The next person is going to jump in the fountain. You know, it, it's just going to escalate and escalate. Right. And that's what I'm referring to when I'm talking about the, the relativism and the social constructivism of this. It's the idea that what rules him is the likes and the views yeah. because morality just changes based on, Oh, what is good is what gets me the views. So that's why he doesn't see the ban as something that's, worthwhile he doesn't see the ban as something that's legitimate he can appeal it 
And to me, that shows someone who ultimately has no sense of consequences. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and the justification, wasn't it for like, I want to take dates there or something like that? Like, well, that's why I was asking you about how much of this is for show and how much is a disconnect from reality, because that's the reason you're going to give as your argument. I don't know. That has to be for show. (laughs) Yeah. So then is he is the appeal even for show? Does he actually think he's going to be able to appeal? But I think it's like you said, I don't think he sees any difference. I think he lives his life this way that everything is a show. So it's both it's both fake and both real at the same time. It's both disconnected and this is his reality at the same time, which that's terrifying to me. Yeah. I mean, and everyone knows if you want to, you know, make a great impression on a date, you take him to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. You don't take him to Disney. Come on. I, maybe he should just not date until Epic Universe <laughs> opens and then he can no. bring everyone to the new park and be really impressive. Uh, yeah, there you go. Or maybe if you're in Orlando, maybe it's really impressive to bring them to SeaWorld because it shows you just don't give a fuck. You're like, I don't need to go to these high-level parks. I'm just going to go to SeaWorld where it's chill and not spend a lot of money and I can still do roller coasters and interact with animals. But you want to talk about disconnect from reality, William. Another story that came across in, in lack of consequences. The First of all, before we even talk about this story... When you see the picture of this guy in this story, how old would you say he looks? Gosh, it's got to be 50, pushing 60, right? That's what I think, too, which is crazy because this guy is, according to this article, Andrew Curry is 41 years old. 41 years old. Yikes. And I'm, I'm 39, William, and I don't think I look anywhere near this guy's age. This is crazy to me, but that's why it's a result. It's consequences of what this guy has been doing. The headline says, I drank 30 cans of Pepsi a day for 20 years at a whopping $8,600 annually. And how was he fixed? He was fixed with a hypnotist. I I don't even understand this, William. I don't understand multiple things here. One, how do you possibly drink 30 cans of anything in a day? Right. And two, a hypnotist fixes you. I, I'm just getting the logistics of where, how do you dispose of 30 cans a day? My recycling bin could not hold a week's worth of 30 cans a day. Well, and that's exactly it. That's exactly it. This is so unfathomable that people cannot think of, and this is 20 years ago, right? So this is 41. So this is, you know, When he was 21, he started this. So that was 2002. 2002. So when I was a freshman in college, this started. So this is not a new recent thing. If that's not a wake-up call for everyone, that this kind of stuff has been going on for a long time. He is not, for 20 years, he has not been thinking of the consequences of his actions. And this is where, and I know this is blasphemy on this show and to a lot of our listeners, but this is where I have sympathy with things like environmentalists right and adam carolla always talks about waste because first of all this this guy andy curry could not see past the immediate moment to the consequences on himself and look what he looks like at 41 right he looks 10 15 years older than he is he looks tired right he's balding 
right? His hairline is receding. He's got a double chin, gray hair. He's obviously overweight, right? And then as you're talking about disposing of all of this, and not only the disposing of all of this, but the production of all of this. Imagine, William, and I will suppose that this is happening, just not on this extreme. Imagine everyone drank 30 cans of Pepsi a day. What would that do to the human race? What would that do to the Pepsi stock? (laughs) Yes, that's the most important thing here, right? What would it do to the earth environmentally? If yeah. we were all disposing it's a of these lot cans. of aluminum, and, yeah. Well, and that's what people don't see, right? And that's what people don't see, and that's what ends what where why we end up in things like environmentalism. Because you know what? I get it on a surface level. This is terribly destructive. What this guy's doing, both of himself and of the world at large, and I get why people are like, we need to stop this. Yeah. I get it. I understand it. It's hard not to look at that story and, and that picture and, and just feel a little disgusted. I don't know. I mean, I, that's how I feel. Yeah. But again, wouldn't people say the proper reaction would to feel would be to feel empathy for this? I don't know if empathy is the, this, anything close to what I'm feeling. Well, it's not because... And look, I, I don't, I'm not claiming to be some moral paragon here, Right. But even in all the mistakes I've made, I never did anything this bad for 20 years. Yeah. And I know I know we normally don't talk about things like this, right, as morally bad. But I think this is pretty morally bad. I think when you're looking at a scale that of morally bad things, I think this is pretty high on the morally bad scale. Yeah, I agree. I, it, I mean, it's because it's so self-destructive. And, right. like... I, and it's it ha, its root is evasion, right? You have to evade yes. to know that to not know that thirty cans a day of Pepsi is going to kill you. Well, right, and I, I think that goes back to relativism and social constructivism, and what we were talking about with the last story. Is that guy, the TikToker, not evading the reality of what he's doing in his lifestyle? Yeah. In the same sense that this guy at forty-one looks. 60 right looks 55 at what psychological age is that tiktoker going to be when he hits 41 when he hits 40 because he is evading the responsibility of growing up of and when i say growing up i mean constantly improving yourself in the same way this guy was this guy was just doing it physically but here's the thing that people also don't acknowledge for this guy to have done this and evaded in this way wouldn't he have also have been hurting himself psychologically as well? Because isn't part of growing up knowing not to do this? Isn't this a child's mentality? 30 cans of Pepsi a day? I'm going to have uh, 30 scoops of ice cream a day. So that's, that's going to be... It, it sounds like something a six-year-old would say, right? Like when I grow up, I'm going to drink Pepsi all day. Exactly. I mean, I feel bad when I have ice cream a couple times a week. I feel like that's a bad week and I'm hurting myself. And then, then I'm like, for two weeks, I can't have ice cream. <laughs> right? And maybe I'm too extreme to the, to the other end. But isn't that ultimately the point here? That relativism, social constructivism, don't they create a 
immaturity in us. I'm trying to think of a way to say infantile in the proper way. In the in the it's, a, it's a stunted development, right? Like yes. you don't you don't if you can. There's other things that just can't move forward in your life. Well, and talking about stunted development and not moving forward, shifting gears a little bit here to more general cultural farce, right? We talked about a couple individuals and how those are demonstrative of what's going on in the world and how they can affect what's going on in the world. Because like I was talking about with that guy, Andy Curry, the little decisions build up. And when everybody makes these little decisions, right, the idea that if one person takes a rock from a national park, if everybody does that, it's bad. If one person does it, it doesn't seem bad. But if everybody does it, eventually you have it's bad because you have no more rocks. Well, we're seeing that on a broader level here. We're talking about what's going on with cryptocurrency. So I've put about $10 into Bitcoin. And I did it through Coinbase. And every day I'm getting emails about how Bitcoin keeps dropping further and further in value. And the whole thing I thought with Bitcoin was that it was a hedge against inflation. The idea that it's an objective value because when you look at the blockchain, you can see your, you can see that coin or whatever, you can see its purchase history in there. So it's an objective value. So it's not going to ebb and flow. But to me, I, I don't know, maybe my understanding of economics is flawed, but value is contextual. So it's mm-hmm. based upon the individual and based upon the situations of the individuals doing a trade. So I, is it possible to hedge against inflation? And it seems to me now the value of this is decreasing because of inflation. So what I'm hoping you could explain to me, William, is what are the individual ideas and choices that are going on that are leading to this massive, it seems like, decline. Because I remember how many months ago when was it that Bitcoin was over $50,000 yeah, per yeah. coin? Yeah. yeah, it was. Well, I don't know that I can necessarily explain it, but uh, I, it was funny that you uh, you posted a story. You know, it's uh, you know, cryptocurrencies have gone from the next hot thing to a full-on meltdown. And uh, I pulled a story from 2018 um, from the Financial Post saying the exact same thing. So I think part of it is exactly that, that the there's a lot of volatility in, um, just talking about Bitcoin in particular, there's a lot of volatility in Bitcoin when you zoom in, right? Um, when you zoom out, it looks a little better, right? Like you, you can see that there's a, 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 a different trend going on. Um, the, all that being said, like as a hedge against inflation, it's hard because like, Inflation infects all, all things, right? All commodities, right? And uh, so the, I think there was a lot of speculation going on in Bitcoin, just like there was in uh, 20, 2017 leading up to 2018. And um, and the thing that makes Bitcoin valuable, just to get back to that question uh, quickly, is um, that there's only so many Bitcoin. That like it can't be inflated in the way the dollars can just be printed, right? Once the mining stops, uh, eventually it will. Uh, they'll just be, I think it's what, 21 million Bitcoins. That's it. That's all there'll ever be. And uh, so in addition to what you were talking about, like the uh, public ledger, there's the this aspect of like, uh, no one can print more Bitcoin. Once they're done mining uh, and the mining rate is set, you know, until it 
runs out right until it, the final one is mined. Um, is there is there a projection as to when the final Bitcoin will be mined? Uh yeah, I probably could Google that, but it's I think it's a ways out uh, because it keeps and having I, I, the the number of Bitcoin that come out. So it like it's sort of like it gets slower. The more that comes out, uh, the slower it gets mined until finally the last one will get mined, right? And I have a perhaps a novice or ignorant question from over right. here in the uh, the technologically uh, ignorant, right? I take advantage of technology, but I don't always understand it. Why does Bitcoin have to be mined? And what I mean by that is if they know there's a certain amount, why can't they just say, oh, here's all the Bitcoin. It goes to the highest bidder. Uh, that had to do with adoption and if you, uh, you, you can see what happens when that, uh, when all these other like, uh, shit coins, uh, come out, like when a new coin comes out and there's all these coins that get handed out to people, it becomes like a pump and dump scam, right? Because all these people hold the majority of the, of the coins so they can manipulate the price. Having it dole out over time is a, a better solution for that, right? Rather than putting it all in the market at once, right? Um, the other aspect is the miners, uh, their reward is that new, uh, you know, that new coin, but that what the work they're doing, it's called proof of work. The work they're doing is all that, all that hashing stuff is actually making the new blocks and, 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 and sharing and storing and verifying the, all the transactions on the blockchain. So that work is valuable. And so they get a reward for that. And right now, okay, the so essentially the, the theory was created and in order to actualize it, they needed a certain amount of I'll, I'll call it manpower for the sake of understanding, but it's really technological power or something or mechanical power. So they need a certain amount of manpower. And in order to make that happen, they rewarded people who were willing to put in the work. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And is there a certain, and I, I'm guessing this is the case. Is there a limited amount of Bitcoin because based on the theory, mathematically it works out that there's only a certain number of per permutations that can exist. It's more along the lines of it's hard-coded in the algorithm, and because the algorithm is shared on so many computers, and any computer who deviates from that algorithm will just get rejected. Like, it's so peer-to-peer. -peer. There's so many nodes, right? If someone tries to change that, it just won't work, right? Like, no one will verify their transaction. Does that make sense? Like, they can't... Yes. They can't... It, it's, like a, it's like an adversarial relationship, but in a, like, game-theoretical, like, good way, Right? There's no, in order to gain the system, you'd have, in order to change that number of Bitcoin that's hard coded in the algorithm, you'd have to get 51% of the miners in the world to all agree to do it. Good luck. Right. So then there's a few levels of farce here from what I'm seeing. One is what you were pointing out is the constant declaration that Bitcoin is dead, right? So, you know, the rumors of Bitcoin's demise has been greatly exaggerated. So the whole conversation around it is sort of part of this farce. Uh, right. Also, uh, another level of farce is its value decreasing so much because people are such short-term thinkers that yes. they're all just getting scared of it, where people are treating it as an investment opportunity, which is an interesting discussion here, right? But really, this is Bitcoin is designed to be a tool of trade, not an investment opportunity, right? Yeah, a store of value, right? It's It gives you saleability across time, and saleability across space meaning like right. it doesn't like gold i can't ship you a gold bar from here to uh, uh to florida right it, it, it costs a lot of money to do that right um but right. bitcoin i could send you a bitcoin it would cost 
next to nothing and it would be there instantly, right? Right. But because of that, people are seeing that its value goes up and down, so they're using it as potential investment. I mean, look at it right now, William. It's at about, I don't know what it was at today, but it dropped below 20000 at some point. Um, presumably, it'll go back up to 50000 again at some point. Yeah, right? We've seen, point. as yeah. you said, we've seen this before. So is it worth treating as an investment? Buying now and selling when it gets up to fifty? I don't know. It's a tough question, but that's, again, the short-term, long-term thinking of all of this. Exactly. You know, I always joke around that uh, my uh, my retirement is uh, uh, half in Bitcoin and half in Jersey Mike. So we'll see which one ends up making me more money in the end. Yeah. And this will be interesting to keep tracking going forward because, of course, the third level of farce here is we're starting to see government try and figure out how to regulate this. And how yeah. to basically minimize the power of, of and I know I know you may not have see, like dug into the story from 2018 because just the headline was enough farce. In the 2018 story, they talk about how government is going to step in and regulate more. So this is a reoccurring uh, theme, right? Anytime you see this volatility in Bitcoin, um, of course, people are calling for more government regulation. Yeah, uh, here's the question. Final question for you here. How low do you think Bitcoin's going to go in monetary value at the moment? Because I think we look at Bitcoin as monetary, where the value is not necessarily monetary. It's as a tool. But as far as monetary value, like, do you think it'll go down below 10000 I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I can't, I can't see it doing that. But... Uh, I couldn't see it going where it is now, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I can... I get that. I mean... I think that it again it it comes down to the like the zooming out. If you zoom out, I think it's more likely at the end of the year for us to be back at fifty thousand than for us to be below ten thousand. Yeah, but I don't you know, just, just personally, Russia me, could invade a... Ukraine, aliens could land. Right. There's you know, like I, I don't know. I'm not your financial advisor. Please don't. Uh, well, right. I mean, that's please only invest in uh, uh, Jersey Mike sandwiches. That's all you should invest in. <laughs> Or the midside, you can invest in our That's Patreon right. or locals. The midside.com says Patreon. The midside.com hey, says we, we accept Bitcoin and Ethereum as well. And you always get a return on your investment of these That's episodes. Right. You know what you're getting. You no matter what, what the price getting. of Bitcoin, well, you'll always get bars. Somebody gave us Ethereum, didn't they? Yeah, I just checked. Uh, let's see. Um, I forgot who gave it to us, but hold on. I'm gonna pull up my my wallet here. Got uh, a tracker app here. I allegedly see our Bitcoin is currently, or sorry, our Ethereum is currently worth $155.20. That was about what it was at when we got it, wasn't it? It was. It's gone up and down 64%. So, so it was, so it was a lot worth higher more. than that? It was, yeah, it was worth like $400 at one point. See, that's the thing for me, man. Like, I know it's not really an investment tool, <laughs> but like if Bitcoin drops to like 10000 or below that, I might legitimately consider buying one Bitcoin yeah, because then if yeah. that goes up, I would definitely sell it at a certain point. Yeah. So yeah. interesting discussion. Last thing that came across here, which is, I think embodies all of the farce of, of everything that's been going on over the last couple of years is a story that uh, Daniel actually sent us. It's the, the who, not the band, the organization it wants to rename monkeypox. Let's see the quote here about renaming monkeypox. 
I can't even find the quote at this point. Oh, yeah. No, that's not it. This is Thrilling Pod right now. All right. Continued. So here goes. More than 30 scientists wrote the ur- about the urgent need for a non-discriminatory and non-stigmatizing name for the virus and the disease it causes. Continued references to the virus as African is both inaccurate and discriminatory, they said. But that's what I didn't understand about this whole thing, William. So monkeypox, right, where does it come from? From, uh, uh, let, let me let me guess, it comes from white people. It's it, it, They oppress people, they oppress monkeys, and the monkeys give us monkeypox? In the, in the in this article, this is what it says. Okay. The virus has been spreading in an unusual manner around the world in recent months. Previous outbreak breaks have mainly been confined to parts of Africa, Africa, where rodents, not monkeys, are thought to be the main animal host. Now, I mean, I don't know why they call it monkeypox. That's a whole different discussion as far as that actual name, but. This article says continued reference to the virus as African is both inaccurate and discriminatory, the the scientists said. But doesn't this go back to the whole China flu thing, Wuhan flu thing, where it's mainly in Africa? I don't. uh, So isn't that why people are associating it? I don't know. But Dr. Fauci says we should. We've got to follow the science and if it's not from africa but also from africa then we can't call it african so we have to follow the science i don't don't understand how is that scientific i don't know either but how was following the science before scientific i mean how is making it out to be like this is our next big outbreak scientific because isn't that the other farce that's here so not only did they put the name monkeypox out there and started scaring us about it. But they also made us think that this is the next big pandemic. How worried are you about monkeypox? Almost not at all. How dare you? How dare you? You're not going to start wearing a (laughs) mask for monkeypox. No, no, no. I think, uh, I think you have to wear a shirt or something. Isn't it like skin to skin contact or something? I I don't know. What are we going to not touch each other anymore? I mean, we already we already can't breathe on each other. So, I mean, that was the next thing they were, wanted us to go for, right? It's all just to keep yeah. us locked up. Yeah, yeah. We we played a game in the text thread, right? About alternate names. What alternate names? What would you change this to? Yeah, let's. I want to see some uh, some uh, listeners in Discord hit up. I thought Whitey Pox was uh, where we should go. Um, uh, Daniel uh, also thought uh, along the same lines with Cracker Pox. Uh, I thought COVID pox would be pretty good. Let's just get <laughs> let's just, let's just get rid of all. Um, what's the word? Ah, my brain is farting. All pretenses. Get rid of all okay. pretenses and call it dragon pox. Not dragon pox. That was the second one I had. COVID pox. Yeah. Uh, we had a diversity and inclusion die die pox. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Dan also had silences, violence, pox. <laughs> so let's hear yours in Discord. I, I, I definitely want to hear some listeners' uh, uh, suggestions for what we should rename monkeypox to. All right. I think that about sums up everything 
that came across my screen, my feed, what I was fed in the past two weeks or so. William, was there anything that struck a chord with you you want to bring up? No, no. I think that that pretty much covers it. That's all the news. That's uh, that's all the farce that, that's fit to print. I'll tell you that. Or discuss on an audio podcast. All right, let's talk about some art in The Hopeful Romantic with JML. Put me into syndication, broadcast to a network station of people viewing their favorite episodes. I can't find a new pitch to throw the studio. As always, if you'd like to continue the conversation with us during the week when the episode has already been released, you can do so by joining our Discord. We love the participation. We get a lot of good farce from you all. We also get a lot of good commentary on movies and trailers. We put the trailers in there for trailer takedown. So you can join our Discord by going to the midside.com or the midside.com slash podcasts you can click on any episode link and in there is the join discord link that way you can continue to participate and hear from us i know you you probably miss us when we're not screaming into your ears about monkeypox and cryptocurrency and don't drink 30 cans of soda a day for 20 years right so what other advice can you get from us during the week join our discord this week i saw lightyear lightyear is not a prequel It's not a sequel. It's a side movie to Disney's Toy Story franchise. At the beginning of the movie, some text comes up and it says, Andy's toy Buzz Lightyear was based on his favorite movie. This is that movie. Um, William, before I go into what I have to say about it, have you seen this? I have not. Okay. Well, I am really interested in hearing your thoughts on this movie. I'm going to read my one sentence... Letterbox review of this movie. Wait, wait, hold on. Do we need this? There's walkers in the barn and Lori's pregnant. No. Okay. With Lightyear, Pixar has crafted a classic science fiction movie that will cross over the mainstream due to its role in the Toy Story universe, even if its theme is a bit scatterbrained. So ultimately, because of the scatterbrained theme, uh, I gave this a bromantic not a so bromantic so the second highest rating i think this is one of the best movies of the year uh it's a it, it sort of starts Better as like maverick a calm, uh it's uh what did i rank it i either ranked it two or three i don't think i ranked it better than maverick i don't know oh, but okay. it's up there right. it's one of the All top right. three yeah. my top three so far are cyrano top gun maverick and lightyear those are awesome. the best movies of the year uh I I haven't quite decided which one of those two is better yet. I gave them the same ranking because to me, Lightyear and Maverick both have the same thing where they're very well executed. They have good ideas in there, but there are just a couple of minor things. And as you know, I talked about with Maverick, it was the romance right. here. It's the slight confusion as to what the theme is, is the theme here about Buzz's loneliness and about his need to open up and help other people. Is it about his need to find a home? Or are those intertwined, which, yes, they are intertwined, but in what way are they intertwined? And the movie has all of those things in there. I just don't think it's clear about what it's trying to say and what it's trying to portray. 
Do you think now, some things got good. cut? Or do you think it's just muddled writing? I think yeah. it's just muddled writing as far as definition of concepts. Okay. Like, I don't think they define home clearly enough. Is home the people you're around? Or is, is home where you decide to be? Right? And you could argue that it's arguing both of those things or showing both of those things, but it's unclear. Also, what does that have to do with being a space ranger? What does that have to do with exploring space? And that's why this is a classic sci-fi movie. So this isn't a spoiler. This is how the movie starts. The movie starts with a vessel traveling across the road, uh, the, the road across the, across space, across the universe where everyone is basically in cryogenic chambers. But what happens is there's a mistake and buzz makes it and they all get stranded on a planet. So the rest of the movie is buzz trying to get, get them back to earth. Uh, it involves time travel. That's a, the, the furthest I'm going forward to say about sort of spoiling things. But all of these are classic sci-fi tropes and classic sci-fi elements. And there are also elements of Star Trek and Star Wars in here. I can also see a little bit of Alien in this movie. So there's a lot of classic sci-fi for everyone to enjoy and to love if you, if you love sci-fi in this way. Uh yeah, I uh, don't really have much else I want to say that's going to spoil things. What I will say is I went onto Twitter very briefly and apparently this movie is not doing well in theaters and it's because people are complaining about things like the wokeness of it. Now, I will say that there is a lesbian couple in the movie and they do have a family, but I thought it was non-essential to the story. Now... Mm-hmm. There's legitimate questions about things like this. If it's not essential to the story, does it matter that they included it? To me, no. But if they're including it because they're saying it's not essential, so from now on, every non-essential element we're going to make representative, right, in the social justice sense, well, then you have a problem because the decisions are not being made creatively artistically they're being made morally ethically now creatively should line up with morally so let me be clear about what i mean i mean that they're not being made based on objective morality they're being based on based on social justice morality right the idea of representation and that's not how you make good art now the final argument you can make here william is every decision needs to be made based upon the theme Well, when something is not the norm, and now this is where we're going to get in trouble with social justice because I said this term, right? I'm saying not the norm where not the majority. And what I mean by that is I think it's still safe to say the majority of people, even when we, and William, you can check me against this in reality, even when we make everything acceptable and we say it's okay to be who you are, I think the majority of people will still be straight. Am I wrong about that? I feel oppressed, and yes, I think you're right. Okay, so then you have to default to the norm and say, okay, why would I show something that's different? It has to be to portray the theme. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, I can see an argument for why they did it this way, and it has to do with the whole home theme and, you know, do you matter 
theme. And again, how do those relate, right? How does home and you mattering relate? So I can see why they did it in the specific way they did. But again, that would only be relating the struggles of gay people or what's the, what's the term we should use? LGBTQIA, yeah, whatever term we want to use, yeah. right? It would be putting that context into the movie. And especially if this is supposed to be set in an alternate universe, right? Because the Toy Story universe is an alternate universe. And it's supposed to be set in the future, presumably, where hyperspeed is possible and time travel is possible and things like that. Then you're putting our context onto them. And then also it goes back to the question of the theme. Is it related to the theme? Is that context related to the theme? Okay. I don't know. I, th- I think all of this is not in the movie. I think this is people reading into it. William, I heard, were you going to say something? No, no, I think, I think you're probably right. Um, the, only, the only thing I would say is people are getting beat down by the message, right, of wokeism. So, of course, they're going to they're gonna see it now everywhere. They've been told that they're going to be, they're going to see it everywhere. So, of course, they're going to seek it out and look for it. Whether it affects the story or not, it sounds like it didn't really. So, I don't know that that's a good excuse about why it's not doing well in theaters. Right. It, well, the people are saying people are so beaten down that they're avoiding these things. Uh, and it doesn't affect the story. But I actually thought about that in an ironic way in this movie. So essentially, Buzz Lightyear is the only white character in this movie. He's a white male and he's the only <laughs> white male character in this movie. Right. And most of the movie, besides, you know, him making his big mistake, is him dealing with the absurdity of everyone else. Sort of like, have you ever seen Bob's Burgers? Yeah, yeah. Sort of like Bob's Burgers, how part of the amusement of Bob's Burgers is that everyone else is insane and he's trying to deal with that just because he wants to make burgers, right? That's part of why the show is entertaining. And it's the same thing here. Buzz Lightyear just wants to be a space ranger and he has to deal with rookies and partners and people who are against him and robot aliens, right? Because you know Zerg and his army right there in this movie, obviously. Um, But I realized something while I was watching this movie. I was like, ironically, this is the most racist movie I've ever seen because (laughs) the white guy is just trying to fix everything, whereas everyone else is just fucking everything up. Oh, wait, sorry. I I don't know. Right. I don't know if the white woman, I don't know if that old woman, there's an old woman in the movie. I don't know if she's white or not, which is probably part of the point. But again, I don't care. I'm only thinking of these things ironically. But yeah, it's as you just said, they accidentally made like the most white savior movie ever with Buzz Lightyear by being like, well, if the main character is white, we're going to make nobody else a white male. Well, then who's saving the day? A white male. Now, without spoiling anything, someone could make an argument about, you know, it was his mistake. So he's saving the universe from himself type deal. Although also this wasn't apocalypsitis, right? He wasn't saving the universe. He was saving himself and the, his, his group of people on the ship. So, I don't know. Dude, I thought it was a classic sci-fi movie. I'd like you to see it and tell me what you think. Because no, I, I think don't... you would enjoy it. I enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite Pixar movies. But I like sci-fi like this. I like sci-fi yeah. like this. So, All right. I'll add it to homework for this week. All right. So let's talk about some movies that are going to come out. Usually I put the trailers for Trailer Takedown in the Discord the Saturday before we record. I definitely did that this week. I did that because I want you guys to give us your feedback. You know, you can watch the trailers before we record and we'll talk about some of the things that you said 
and we're going to do that this week. But, you know, you can do what you want. If you want to watch the trailers after we talk about them, that's fine. Or maybe you alternate. You watch a trailer, we talk about it. You watch a trailer, we talk about it. Trailer takedown. First trailer. Strange World is Disney's next animated movie. And I distinguish that from Pixar, even though Disney owns Pixar. This is Walt Disney Animation, right? Their last one was Encanto. Their next one is Strange World. And it's in the style of, you know, a mid 20th century sci-fi B movie, which made it the perfect thing to uh, advertise before Lightyear. The only problem with this trailer is you don't really get a sense of what's going on. You get a sense that the characters are going to explore some strange new world and it you know, doesn't really make sense. I actually kind of got Avatar vibes like they were kind of trying to do an Avatar thing with this. Or I got like Avatar meets um, Soul. If you remember, William, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen Soul. They went to that yep. different world in Soul, yep. the afterlife and everything. They kind of had a lot of that vibe in here. Uh, I mean, I dug the way this looked aesthetically. Uh, so I thought it was pretty cool. Um, Midsider Cody said the first part of this trailer was really cool. He compared it to a couple B-movie artists, B-movie directors. And he said then the actual story starts and it just looks bland and dull. He, so for him, it's unfortunate going to be a no for me. And for me, I don't like I don't know what the story is to say it looks bland and dull. I know there's like a multi-ethnic family exploring or multi-ethnic crew. I don't even know if they're family exploring the strange new world. I don't. I don't know what the story is. So for me, based upon the fact that it looks pretty cool and that I'm, I'm intrigued and want to know more. And, you know, I'll give Disney some, uh, I'll give them some leeway after Encanto. I thought Encanto was excellent. Based on all that, for me, this is a tag. Oh, sorry. For me, this is a hug. Hug. Yeah, that's a good sound. All right. Well, I, I agree with you. The only thing I would add is I did get a little Bioshock vibe. Uh, kind of like that. It's kind of that, yeah, not yeah, as like dingy, right, as Bioshock, yeah. but it's like a yeah, yeah. like a PG or a G-rated Bioshock vibe. So it, it looks cool. Like it looks cool. No, I agree with you. No idea what the plot is. So unless there's a shitty trailer that comes out after this, uh, it's a hug for me as well. Hug. Second trailer. The Monsters is a Rob Zombie reboot movie of the iconic influential i don't know what word we'd use television series from again the mid 20th century uh midsider cody says he hasn't seen a rob zombie movie but he has a soft spot for him so he'll give it a shot because of the interviews from rob zombie Uh, i do appreciate that rob zombie is making his own creative vision for his own movies uh and you know he's not really beholden to anyone uh but with this trailer in specific William, I don't know. It just looked like it was super informal and relaxed. And I don't know if he's going for like a satirical or a a parody style because, you know, this was originally a sitcom, but it just looked, you know, the style was just like not even like they were acting like they weren't even trying to act to the best of their ability. It was like they were intentionally doing a bad job. And I don't know if we need to make fun of art from the mid nineteen from the mid nineteen hundreds, the mid twentieth century, because it wasn't as good as it is now. I just don't see what was being accomplished by executing the vision in this way. And I don't even know what the vision is. 
So for yeah. me, because like I, not knowing what the vision is and this trailer in itself, just looking like they were intentionally trying to do bad for me, that adds up to a tackle unless I can see something later that says like, Oh, they're intentionally trying to make some sort of point that I'm missing. Tackle. Yeah. I, it's making me sit through that awkward stuff at the end of the trailer. What, what I, this is a tackle. What, what are we doing here? Tackle. Tackle. Third trailer. Blonde is the upcoming Netflix original movie about Marilyn Monroe starring Anna DeArmas. Midsider Cody points out that it's based on a book. It's also rated NC-17. Uh, I don't know how to address this movie without saying something that's I, you know, again, I disavow everything that's been said and never will be said on this show retroactively and proactively. So I, I proactively denounce what I'm about to say. Uh, how is this not whiteface, William? Like, I, I literally do not understand. I literally do not. Now, I understand that racially there's only three races and Hispanics are, are, are white. And I understand that this is shot in black and white. But it looks like to me she's literally wearing makeup to make her complexion lighter. Like I, 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 I don't I don't I don't understand. Is there not an actual white woman? And when I say white, I mean Caucasian woman. I mean European descent that could have played Marilyn Monroe. It's not that I dislike Anna de Armas. It's just something that actors know is healthy. Actors know is that just because you're talented doesn't mean you are right for the part. Anna de Armas is definitely good looking. She's definitely talented. I have no problems with her as an actress. I just question why is she put in this part? If not to pr- just to prove true colorblindness. True color true colorblindness in a way that's anti-reality. Right? This is the same thing we say about the little mermaid being black. If it's a Scandinavian movie, were there black people at the time for the little mermaid? to be black. The same thing I said about the Pinocchio trailer. Where are the Italian people? Right? I I, I just <laughs> hey, question dude, the 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 uh the uh woke uh, uh rings of power by Amazon, they have uh, black uh, uh dwarves, right? Cuz you know, dwarves they, they they needed to evolve uh you know, you know darker skin to uh, protect them from the sun under mountains. Right. And and actually I find that I find that less absurd than this at least it was just kind of that's a fantasy world that's true you just make it it's a fantasy world and they were just like you know what why can't dwarves be black now nobody thought it through and was like scientifically why would they be black or not like what's the point of melanin and skin right nobody thought of that right at least that's stupid right at least that's being dumb and and it's being well-intentioned you know what i mean because realistically like if it was set in like the desert you were like yeah okay you got a black dwarves right yeah yeah like it doesn't really affect anything, but Marilyn Monroe was white. We're not even talking, like, even with The Little Mermaid, you could be like, all right, maybe The Little Mermaid's black. It's a fantasy movie, right? It's not real. You can be like, all right, it's not that big of a deal. All you right. know, you... Well, I've got to go the other way. Why Why did Why did we pick... Why didn't we pick a man? Or, sorry, a trans woman. Well, okay, now you understand the point I'm getting at. Right? Where does this end? Where does this end? Now that we've done this and we've said it's okay, where does this end? So then on top of that, I will add the fact that I have never bought into the whole hype with Marilyn Monroe. I think Marilyn Monroe is a precursor to the Kardashians. I think she's a precursor to this influencer 
uh, Instagram culture where she put on, you want to talk about white face or black face? She put on a happy face, right? She pretended to be something else publicly in order to become popular. And I understand it. If that's how she wants to make her money being an actress, but there's a difference between being an actress and being a cultural icon to represent a personality type and psychology type and lifestyle type that we are supposed to be it. I don't believe, and I know Ayn Rand has a famous essay praising her. I don't believe the childlike wonder was a real thing. I think it was all an act. I don't think she had this true joy for the world. I don't think that's what a true joy for the world looks like. I think that's wishful thinking. And heaven forbid I say this, but I think when someone like Rand sees Monroe like that, that's how she wishes she could be sort of carefree. But I think that's an immature mindset, Mm. right? I think part of being an adult is, Hey, I know I have to have these responsibilities and real happiness is satisfaction derived from moving towards satisfying, completing my responsibilities in a way, not having no cares. So I've never been a fan of Marilyn Monroe as a cultural icon. And this movie in itself seems and I'll use their own word against them, problematic, even as much as I like Anna de Armas. Hard tackle. Ugh, tackle. Yeah. <clears throat> Not sure if I can add anything to that rant. That was a pretty good rant. Um, yeah, I'm not as... Uh, uh, I, I'm not as uh, triggered, I guess, to use another one of their words, uh, as you are about uh, Marilyn Monroe in general. Uh, but see, okay, can I just stop you right there? I yeah. hate the word triggered being used in this way because triggered is literally like, think of it like PTSD. Somebody <laughs> you served, right? P- yeah. You know, people who get triggered. Triggered yeah. is literally something happens <laughs> and your mind snaps. Right. I'm not triggered. Like, it's just something that annoys me. So I'm just going to ignore it. But I'm talking about it because it's hopefully entertaining for other people to hear me talk about it. That's exactly. not being triggered. I don't, I didn't look at that trailer and I was like, Oh man, my mind snapped. I look at this trailer. I was like, this is stupid. How is this not white face? <laughs> and then I moved on with my day. <laughs> well, uh, you know, well, I do have some small interest like in Marilyn Monroe in the sense of like, I, I, I've seen some of the movies that she's been in and I thought she was fine. I, I would rather watch a doc than something like this. And, uh, I don't know. This looks a little pretentious. So I'm giving it the pretentious tackle because that just it feels like an Oscar vehicle and not a real movie. Tackle. Final trailer. Black Adam is The Rock's long-awaited superhero movie for DC Comics. Uh, in it, he is a guy who used to be a slave who was reborn as a god. And the question is, is he going to be Earth's savior or Earth's Destroyer. None of that matters to me, William. You know how you always are like, ah, guns! Exactly. Ah, action! Like, exactly. you guys know the way I am with the Rock movies, right? You know what you're getting with the Rock movie. You know what you're getting with the Rock and a superhero movie. Superhero, supervillain, whatever, superpowered. You know what you're getting out of this. Even some of the acting, right? This, we're not talking like Henry Cavill, Kevin... Ba- Kevin um, wow, my mind is blanking. Who played his dad? I was going to say Kevin Bacon. It's the other one. <laughs> Who played Jarrell? Come on, help me. I don't know. I don't Man know of Steel. Oh my God. Jor-El, Man of Steel. 
It wasn't Jor-El. It was... Fuck, oh, I'm being so stupid. Man of Steel cast. This is what I am now doing on this. Kevin Costner is the name I was looking for. Come on. You're letting me down. We're not getting Kevin Costner level of acting here. We're not getting Henry Cavill level of acting here. Right? We're getting Dwayne Johnson level of acting. And it was in the trailer with his line reading. And I know that the Discord has... They're up in arms about this movie. Right? Midsider Cody gave it a bleg. And uh, some of the other Midsiders have said it looks like a CW show with the special effects. I don't care. This is The Rock in a superhero show, a superhero movie. I've been waiting for this since superhero movies started. Hug. Mmm. Hug. I am... You already know. I'm already in. It's got guns. It's got The Rock. Uh... Let's do this. Um, I did want to... I was looking for it, and I finally found it. Uh, this was the drop I was trying to insert in while you were fumbling around. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not a genius. But, yeah, this is going to be fun. It's uh, not going to be... Uh, this one is not an Oscar vehicle, uh, and I think it's quite obvious in the trailer, but it's going to be fun. So I'm going to uh, give this a hug. Netflix and hug. I don't need it to be an Oscar vehicle. It's a rock movie. <laughs> it's right. I don't go to the rock for Oscar vehicles. <laughs> All right. Um, that brings us to the end of this episode. What did we learn this trip? William? Uh, I learned that uh, uh, Bitcoin winners happen, uh, I guess, every four years. Justin, what did you learn this trip? Uh, I learned that I have no idea what race is because I don't <laughs> know why whiteface is okay. I don't know what whiteface is. Uh, I don't have any sense of why people want to see certain movies. I don't get why anyone would want to see this Marilyn Monroe movie. Yeah, I've been thinking about it all week. So that's what I learned this trip. So you can go ahead and, you know, excoriate me in the Discord. Join the Discord and excoriate me. But that means you listened, and I want to thank you for listening to the show. Because, as William said, if it wasn't for you, this would just be me ranting into the corner of a closet. It still is, but at least I have an illusion that somebody makes me less crazy. If you want to support the show, you can do so through the midside.com slash store, the midside.com slash the cut, where you can buy my novel, or the midside.com slash Patreon, or the midside.com slash locals. Any of those are a means of supporting the show, or join our Discord and just give us some affirmations. That's very supportive as well. I appreciate that kind of support. Uh... Best way, best way to grow the show is to tell a friend. So maybe that's the best way to support the show. Tell a friend about how crazy my Marilyn Monroe rant is. Try and get me canceled. Try and get me canceled for complaining about whiteface. Go ahead. Even though I retroactively and proactively denounce what I said, go ahead and try and get me canceled. And I denounce that. This concludes your journey into the midside. I'm Justin Emlesneski reminding you that if things get tough, take a step back and witness the farce. Just say no to whiteface. No, seriously, William, how is it not whiteface?
maybe the movie maybe the movie is a is a revealing that Marilyn Monroe is secretly I don't know Hispanic I don't know some other race other than white. All right, I can I can accept that twist. All right, I'll okay, acceptable. 